Welcome back, baseball fans, to Rounding Third, the baseball podcast. This is episode 21. We are continuing with our division previews. Uh, This episode is the National League Central. Roll the intro. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Uh, pretty exciting stuff here. We continue to work through our division previews. Uh, we just wrapped up with the AL Central, uh, and now we are up to the NL Central, which I know has a special place uh, in your heart and is the division that your favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals, not only play in, but dominate year in and year out. So I know you're itching to talk about them, which is why we'll talk about them last. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I am excited to talk about the Cardinals. This is an interesting division. You know, lots of shakeup um, compared to opening day of last year. So it'll be interesting to kind of break down where these teams are at. But it does seem like a two-team race at this point. Um, as it kind of was last year, uh, it's, well, the Reds were there a little bit. But it's mainly Brewers, Cardinals in this division, and then everybody else. And then the Pirates. I mean, the Pirates are the, the Pirates are really, really bad. But I'm excited to jump into it. Yeah, well... Let's get going. Um, as noted, we're going to cover cover the Cardinals um, last, so we'll talk about you talked about this is really a really a top heavy division um, in the true sense of the word. The other top team in the division is the Milwaukee Brewers, where I suggest that we start. Um, they finished in the actually I don't know. Do you want to run through the twenty twenty one standings real quick, Max? Yeah, yeah. So so twenty twenty one. Um, obviously we have the Brewers in this division. We have the Brewers, Cardinals, Reds, Cubs, Pirates in 2021. The Brewers won the division at 95 and 67 and the Cardinals were five games behind that at 90 and 72. So two 90 win teams, both of them made the playoffs. Obviously the Cardinals lost in the one game wild card to the Dodgers. Um, the Reds came in third at 83 and 79, 12 games back. Good season for Cincinnati. Um, and then you have the Cubs at 71 and 91, 24 games back from the Brewers. Obviously, um, well, they actually were kind of leading that division for the first half of the season. And then, you know, things kind of slipped. And as we all know, they basically sold everybody. Bryant to the Giants, Rizzo to the Yankees, Bias to the Mets, Craig Kimball's gone. Um, so really moved on from a lot of pieces. And the Pirates are just not very good at all. They finished in last 35 games out. Not, I don't really expect anything different from the Pirates that year. This year, they're going to be just as bad. Uh, but looking at the odds for this season, uh, you have the Brewers at minus 165 to win it and the Cardinals at plus 210. Last time I checked on DraftKings. And then there's a big gap and you have Cubs plus 1,100, Reds plus 1,700, and then Pirates at plus 7,500 to win the division. So, you know, like we said, it's based on the odds. It does seem like a two horse race. You have the Brewers who won it last year, have a good team. Um, they, they should be the favorites to win this division, but you know, the Cardinals are right behind them and then there's everybody else, but yeah, 
Let's break it down. We're going to go Brewers, Reds, Pirates, Cubs, and then finish it off with the Cardinals, who just made a new acquisition that we'll talk about. But James, how about the Milwaukee Brewers? They are uh, they have an over-under of 88.5 wins. They're the reigning NL Central champions. They are plus 650 to win the National League. Obviously, they're led by manager Craig Council. And, <clears throat> you know, really what makes this team really, really, really special, especially last year, was this rotation that they have. Um, they really kind of blew up last year. You know, a lot of these guys are young. Uh, you have Corbin Burns, who's the reigning NL Cy Young winner. He was an all-star last year, obviously. And in 167 innings pitched, he had a 2.43 ERA, led the MLB. A 1.63 FIP, which is basically your ERA if you uh, take away like any fielding mistakes and ballpark stuff like that. Only allowed 0.4 home runs per nine inning pitch, 12.6 strikeouts per nine. I mean, he was a you know clear Cy Young winner, amazing pitcher. And then you have Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta behind them, who both had sub three ERAs, sub one whips. Uh, Freddie Peralta had a 12.2 strikeouts per nine. I mean, those three up top, I mean, when you have three guys that have sub three ERAs and sub one uh, whips, so basically they all allow less than one runner per inning, you know you're in pretty good hands um, from a pitching standpoint. Yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, as you, as you have, like Woodruff was top five in Cy Young voting. Freddie Peralta was right there. Um, you know, it's a really good young core, but I think you're directly right. What drags this team absolutely is their pitching. We just got into their uh, rotation. Obviously, to bolster that, they have Josh Hader, who, in my opinion, is bar none the best closer in baseball. If you get Josh uh, Hader on the mound, it's about as sure of a victory as you can get since Rivera. I mean, um, absolutely electric stuff coming uh, in the high leverage situations for this Milwaukee team as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, he probably, I would agree, is the best closer in baseball. It's like him or Liam Hendricks, basically. Um, both, uh, yeah, I mean, it's him or Liam Hendricks. He's a beast. I mean, um, I watch this team up close a lot watching the Cardinals, and it's pretty much a nightmare anytime he comes in. But, you know, they are led by this pitching. They have great pitching, um, great rotation, and a great closer. But they do have, you know, some solid bats. They, they've lost some players, but Colton Wong obviously hits leadoff, uh, spent a long time as the, with the Cardinals, and then recently moved to Milwaukee. Didn't have the best season in the world last year, but uh, he also did miss some time with injuries. But, you know, he's a great second baseman to have, gold glove second baseman. Willie Adamas who was traded from the Rays midseason last year and basically, you know, almost carried this team for the second half of the year. It was really, really, really good for Milwaukee after the trade. Um, and then you have some other pieces. Obviously, you have Christian Yelich, who's been on this team, uh, won an MVP, came in second in the MVP race a year later to Cody Bellinger, but has, like, really, really, really gone downhill since then. He had a bad COVID year and a bad season last year. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him. Well, I personally, I think he's got to figure it out. Um, you know, Christian Yelich is just a beast. Um, really a terrific player, a great batter. I mean, when he's on that 2018 season, when he was MVP, he was the best player in baseball, bar none. 
no question. Obviously, the next year, the MVP race with Yelich and Bellinger went down wire to wire, which gave us some great Yelly versus Belly commercials uh, that they still use today. Um, if he finds it, he's one of the best players in baseball, one of the best batters in the National League. So that's going to be a crucial part for this Milwaukee team. Um, a lot of this is going to come down to, like, is Christian Yelich a top five player in the league or is he average at best? Um, you know, just continuing down their lineup, they recently uh, signed in the free agency this offseason Andrew McCutcheon, who uh, it appears is going to DH for them. Uh, obviously, his days in Pittsburgh, he was a monstrosity of a bat, just hitting towering homer after towering homer. Uh, he's severely aged since then, but still brings a lot of leadership to the clubhouse. And Yeah, he was he even good in Philly last year. Yeah, no, he can, and that's the thing. He's by no means washed. Still a really big bat, good bat to have uh, in that lineup. Yeah, and I think, you know, you made a good point with Yelich. It's, you know, they, they, they won the division last year um, with him, you know, really struggling and not at his best. You know, he even bats like down in the lineup now. I think if, if if he performs even close to that MVP level, I mean that is just another another weapon added to this because he hasn't really been that in a couple of years. But I mean, yeah, I think Andrew McCutcheon is a great addition. He already hit, I think he hit two home runs in a spring training game. He's a good player to have um, for sure. Um, other than that, I mean, um, Omar Narvaez, who's an All Star catcher last year, he's a good catcher to have. You have Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Telez. Luis Urias and Lorenzo Cain. Uh, I mean, he struggled as of late, not the best hitter anymore, but you know, this is a good lineup, similar lineup that they had last year. They lost Daniel Vogelback to the Pirates, but good lineup carried by their pitching. Will it, there, I have some questions, you know, just because it felt like these three pitchers that they have kind of came out of nowhere last year, you know, right. Burns and Peralta were the first time all-stars. Obviously they're just like 26 and 27 years old. Woodruff has been a second place all-star before, but I mean, they put up, I mean, wild numbers last year to go two, four, three ERA for Burns, two, five, six for Woodruff and two, eight, one for Peralta. I, I mean, they, it was basically impossible to get hits off them. So they will carry, this team and you know if they get good offensive production from Wong, Adamas, Yelich, McCutcheon, I mean these are guys that can put up runs. This is it. This is the best team in the NL Central as of now. They're the defending champs and they are they are looking to compete for a World Series this year. Yeah, and I think also Hunter Renfro which uh by my estimations that was also a new acquisition from the Red Sox. Uh correct me if that's wrong, Max. Um, but he absolutely yeah, right. bangs, um, just massive bat there, really fun player to watch. So once again, it's just another power bat in this lineup and a good serviceable player. I think on the offensive side, you know, you kind of get what you get here, but they have a lot of players where if you start talking about bounce backs and I know in previous episodes, we said, if you're in a position where you're looking at bounce back seasons to save you, that's not great. That's not exactly where they're at, I would say. But last year, they clearly had the best rotation of baseball. Um, this year, I think that could be challenged. But if they repeat as the best rotation in baseball, Josh Hader continues to be a dominant closer, and you get some bounce-back performances from a Colton Wong, Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, this team is going to be terrifying. Now, that's a lot of ifs, but, you know, the pieces are certainly there. 
Uh, I mean, if Yelich is back, it'll be crazy. Willie Adamas also a really good shortstop. They kind of moved him to get him out of the way of Wander Franco um, in Tampa Bay. So, you know, I think they got a steal on him, and I think he's going to continue to play really well. Um, yeah, I think you said it best here. They're the favorites for a reason. They're the defending uh, NL Central champions, uh, and I think really it's just keep an eye on the, you know, rotation, see if they hold form, and see if the offense can uh, – provide any surprises over last season and that's their recipe to success yeah I mean I think that sums it up well that's what the Brewers are looking for um I I expect them to be you know fighting for the top spot in the NL uh central with the Cardinals once again it's a good team they'll you know most likely be in the postseason competing for a world series it um but yeah how about we move on to some of these other teams, before we get to the Cardinals, which we'll touch on last. Um, so next team we'll talk about is the Cincinnati Reds, who we've talked about kind of at length in the past episodes, just simply because of all the moves that they've been making in the offseason. But they are currently sitting at an over-under at 74.5 wins. Like I said, they finished 83-79 and 79 last year. Important things to note, I mean, this team really lost most of the players they had last year. They had the trade that got rid of Jesse Winker and Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Nick Castellanos signed with Philadelphia. They lost Amir Garrett. Uh, they lost Sonny Gray. This is a team that, you know, doesn't have a lot of the, play- the players that made them, you know, really compete last year. They lost Tucker Barnhart. They lost Wade Miley. So this is a team, like we said before, that's, has a lot of random players that they're going to try to fill and make a lineup out of. I don't think this is the bottom team in the NL central. Obviously I think the pirates are, you know, really, really bad, but this team isn't great. Uh, You have a rotation kind of headlined by Luis Castillo, who's hurt to start the season, Tyler Malley, Vladimir Gutierrez. And one, I think bright spot for this team in that rotation if they, you know, bring him up, which they will bring him up at some point this year, but whether it's at the beginning of the season or sometime later, is Hunter Green, who's the club's number one prospect, an elite pitcher in the minor league levels. He's been highly touted for a while. And with a rotation that's super banged up, you know, I expect him to get a lot of reps, and that'll be exciting to see. But, you know, like I said, this lineup is very different than it was last year. You don't have those big hitters like Winker and Castellanos who kind of carried this team last year, but you do have some pieces. Uh, Tyler Stevenson will be the catcher. He's, a, you know, pretty good at the plate. He's only been in the league for a couple of years, um, but I think he finished maybe seventh in rookie of the year last year, but in 133 games last year, he batted 286. He's a young catcher. He's going to get lots of reps, especially now that Tucker Barnhart is gone. So that'll be exciting to see. Still have Joey Votto, still have the rain, the former MVP. Uh, he played really, really well last year. I don't know how much we can expect that to keep him up, but, but I think he hit like a home run in 10 straight games or something crazy like that. He had a really great year last year, um, and so he's, he's always a mainstay in this Reds lineup as the years go on. Probably the biggest name in this lineup that I think Reds fans are definitely most excited for is the reigning rookie of the year, Jonathan India. We got a 269 uh, at a 376 on base and a 459 slugging, 21 home runs in his first season in the big leagues. 
I really like Jonathan India. You know, I'm not the biggest Reds fan in the world, but Jonathan India is a fun, fun player to watch. Super young, super great second baseman. Um, I'm excited for him. And then wrapping up, I guess, the main players in this infield is Mike Moustakis, who they signed, um, I forget it was a couple of years ago, three-time All-Star, but he has not been good in the recent years at all. So, you know, I don't really know what to expect from him. He'll probably be the mainstay third baseman now that Eugenio Suarez is gone. And then you have Kyle Farmer at short. It's a banged-up infield. Um, I like India and Votto. Moustakis, I'm not big on. I don't think many people are big on him. But I am big on Tyler Stevenson as well. But, you know, real quick, James, before I kick it to you, this outfield, this is an interesting outfield because obviously they lost Castellanos and Winker, who played outfield last year. They have some players coming back, like Nick Senzel, Tyler Naquin, um, they got Jake Fraley in that Winker deal from the Mariners who might make it up there. And then they have these other players who are going to be competing for an outfield spot like Shogo Akiyama, Aristides Aquino, um, and even Tommy Pham, who they acquired from the Padres, who will probably play left. You kind of just got all these guys who, you know, might be in and out of that outfield spot. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough to, tough to figure out what they're going to do. I imagine they're going to try all different types of things with all these different guys to try to see what works and that can get them wins. But this outfield and really this team in general is all over the place. Yeah. And and I think just building off that, this is a year that the Reds have brought upon themselves. And, you know, I, I want to be clear, I'm very critical of this organization not because of the fans or the players. I think Joey Votto is the king of Cincinnati. He's an awesome player, but one of the most, most reliable first basemen in the last two decades. Um, to me, you had a team that last year was on the fringe of being, They, I would say they were competitive. They were really on the fringe of actually being able to do something. And they have been for two years. Um, now and they completely decimated i think they were one piece away is how i have it estimated one piece away from really being able to maybe make a stab at the division or at least a wild card uh and they've kind of completely blown that up all up uh and are restarting a fresh rebuild so what that means is you're going to get a lot of this plug and play to try and figure out okay who are the mainstays what do we have so we know what we have to go get now, of course, they're not going to get it because that's going to have to require their ownership spending money, which is something that they are adamantly opposed to. Um, they are actually not in the baseball industry to win baseball games, which is a whole separate topic to me. But there are some spots here that are going to be really exciting if you are Reds fans. As you mentioned, Hunter Green has the chance to be a generational ace. Going to be exciting to see there. Your Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India. Can you keep packaging it together? I'm really high on Kyle Farmer. Um, I got to watch him play. Very small a game here or there in the Dodgers, but he's a super clutch hitter. I think he had four at-bats and two walk-offs for a while um, when he was on the Dodgers. But, like, Aquino, I think he has a chance. We got to see his rookie campaign a couple years ago where he started off by mashing, like, ten home runs in six games or something insane. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be insane to – not insane, but just to see them try out and figure out really what they have here. You know, what happens if Aquino gets to play 120 games? You know, what do the stats look like? Um, and figure out what they have. So there are some some positives to look for there. Um, 
the only thing is that's weird because you have part of your lineup that's doing this plug and play mix and match these young kids who's good let's develop and then you have Mike Mostowskis and Joey Votto who are super old end of their career guys so it just doesn't seem to gel well um as for the pitching the ownership in the middle of the fire sale of every player worth anything on Cincinnati they said we refuse to trade our top two pitchers um that's going to happen. Um, you know, I don't see any reason why, especially Castillo, why they're going to hold on to him with this team. It doesn't make too much sense. And I'm willing to already go out on a limb and say Luis Castillo finds his way to either the Los Angeles Angels or the New York Yankees. Um, mm. So I'm going all the way out to make a prediction for where this uh, pitcher lands. Uh, and that's really it. It for the Reds, there's reason to be there. As you said, I don't think they finished last in the division. There's enough pieces here that they'll be able to string together some wins. Um, hopefully get some excitement. You know, Jonathan India brought up a lot of excitement as a rookie. So I just hope for Reds fans that they get to, you know, have some reason to go out to Great American Ballpark and, and enjoy baseball because Cincinnati is one of those, you know, historic type clubs. But yeah. really until this ownership group gets committed, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I mean, think about if they if they were able to keep the main players from last year. I mean, I know Castellanos was probably going to opt out anyway and, and find his way somewhere else. But if they even kept Winker, Eugenio Suarez, Sonny Gray, some of these guys, you know, we might be talking about this team like sort of a we'll see. Like, you know, they have these players. They can compete. We saw it last year. Um, they have another year together. Jonathan India is going to develop. They're all still together. This is a team that can make a move. But now with all these guys gone, um, and even Eugenio Suarez, who they paid him a lot of money. He struggled for the most part of last year. He actually picked it up towards the end of the year. But, you know, he he's shown he's capable of producing. Why not give him another year? Jonathan India is still going to develop. Winker had a breakout year. Sonny Gray is maybe even finally healthy and can play. I, You know, I liked their team last year, and it, it's just unfortunate to see that they're, you know, I guess all in on moving away from it, clearly. And this is a team that, you know, no one really expects to make a playoff spot this year. This is, you know, probably a team in the bottom third of the league at this point, which is unfortunate because it seemed like they were rebuilding for a while. And now I guess they're going right back into rebuild mode. They have some positive pieces, like we said, but this is a team that's, you know, not going to compete this year, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that's where my anger with this franchise stands, and it's anger on behalf of Cincinnati fans, because like you said, you had the the Brandon Phillips, Votto team, you know, with Johnny Cueto uh, and Chapman, and, and they made some noise, got to the playoffs, couldn't really do anything there. Then it was nearly a decade of rebuilding, what I thought, okay, we built up a nice core. We have some players to work around with, you know, and let's just say Castellanos clear him from the equation because he was just going to get paid ridiculous as the Phillies did. Still, that team had a lot of promise, and I think that's what I'm upset by is you rebuilt into having a team that's on the that was on the fringe one piece away, and then you blew that up. Like, it's like, then what are you doing here? Like, are you going to continue to rebuild till you're one piece away, not sign the big contract? I mean, right. even if you think if they kept that team from last year minus Castellanos together, and then maybe they did get into the Nelson Cruz trade deadline sweepstakes from Washington, maybe that's enough there to push them into a wild card spot. You know, you never know, but we're not going to know now. Um, so I guess my hope with Cincinnati is some of these young guys are, are fun to watch play. 
Uh, and I hope Joey Votto just keeps having as impressive as a year. Love Joey Votto. Maybe the most likable player in all of baseball. Yeah, and with an over-under of 74.5, I'm probably going to take the over. I mean, the under. Excuse me, the under. I, I just don't think this team is going to get a lot of wins. Um, but talking about a team that's not going to get a lot of wins, the Pittsburgh Pirates have an over-under of 65.5 wins. Um, which I also like the under of this 65 and a half wins. I think this team is going to lose 100 plus games again. It doesn't, you know, have a ton going for it. The only team with a lower over under is the Baltimore Orioles. Um, this is just, you know, one of the bottom two, three teams in all of baseball. They don't really have a pitching staff. I mean, uh, I mean, JT Brubaker, Jose Cannot. Quintana, excuse me, Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, Will Crow. These are a lot of, you know, young guys, unproven guys. JT Brubaker, who's everywhere I've looked, listed him as the number one guy. He had a, he had a over five ERA last year. Um, I, I just don't think this rotation can compete. Uh, their lineup is kind of all over the place. They have two mainstays. Um, I feel like I've been using that word a lot, but they have two guys who are going to be consistently in this lineup. That's Key Brian Hayes at third and Brian Reynolds, who was, you know, the all-star on this team last year, basically. Um, batted over 300, had the most triples in all of baseball. But Brian Reynolds and uh, Key Brian Hayes are like the only guys on this team. You have Cole Tucker at second, who can never seem to play like a month straight. They got Daniel Vogelback from the Brewers last year. I mean, that's nothing crazy. They have Roberto Perez at catcher who spent time in Cleveland. Again, like he's, he's, he's not really a needle mover or anything like that. Um, I mean, those are, I mean, I mean, I could like name these other guys, but I don't even feel like it's worth it. It's Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes. Can they do anything? Um, you know, even if they produce, I don't think this team has the pitching or the rest of the offense to, really get a lot of wins and they open the, they open the season with six games in a row against St. Louis. Um, you know, I like he Brian Hayes. It's fun. He's fun to watch, but other than that, you know, there's not much to see here. James, do you, I mean, do you see it the same way? Yeah, I think I loved your summary. I am super, super high on Cabrian Hayes. I think that it's a matter of time before he becomes a mainstay. Uh, household name in all of baseball. I think he's going to be a generational third baseman. Uh, he's definitely a stud. Um, watching him play last year is fun. He gave us a couple great moments, some crazy throws. He also versus the Dodgers smacked a home run and then a touch first and was called out at the plate, uh, which led to a rule change, or I guess <laughs> to the, the larger bases. Um, but he is really good. To me, the only only point that you know at least we talked about Cincinnati there's some reasons to get excited to maybe follow the season see what's happening the only thing to do if you're a Pirates fan is to look up the box score and see what Cabrian Hayes did I mean quite frankly really? um you know Brian Reynolds as he said he's an all-star but like not enough to really move the needle and not enough to be a generational player so like if you're Pittsburgh, it's just like, okay, well, let's see if Cabrian Hayes is going to be that 300 average, you know, 100 ribby, 30 home run guy consistently, and if we can build around that. But I even worry because this is another organization who takes their tips from the Cincinnati Red style of ownership, which is like, well, if we don't pay anyone, then we don't have to spend any money. But then they're like, man, it sucks that we lose all the time and lose 100 games every season. You know, they're even worse than the Reds at that. 
in the case that Cabrian Hayes does become generational, you're probably looking at the Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinal, you know, he's going to be generational for someone else. Uh, pending the Pittsburgh doesn't use their entire allowance on him. But to me, that is the story. I mean, as you said, the pitching, it, it's untested. I don't want to call it atrocious because I don't know, but it's untested and generally unproven, untested pitching doesn't really get you anywhere in the major leagues. Um, you know, the rest of these names. I mean, look, the, the premier cl- clubs that we're talking about, no other name on this list is playing for these clubs. You know, the clubs that we're talking about winning the division, these names wouldn't touch their roster, um, except maybe Cabrian Hayes. So I hope he has a good season. I hope that he is as good as I think he is just for, for baseball. He's one of those super fun young guys. Uh, and that's really it. Um, and when we talk about the whole division as a whole, I'll get into the implications, but these bottom tier teams in the NL Central is going to pose huge ramifications on the playoffs, in my opinion, because they're so bad. I mean, this, this Pittsburgh team, quite frankly, is not competitive in an MLB, not talking about like, oh, for playoffs or they're just not competitive. They're not a major league caliber club. Um, you know, I think they would be more suited to go play in whatever league the Savannah Bananas is in and, and go have fun and sell tickets that way versus trying to market as an actual baseball team. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is a great player. He would be on another lineup for sure. And I expect, I actually expect him to kind of go down the same path Adam Frazier did on this team last year. You know, it was kind of Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds last year, and they moved Adam Frazier to San Diego. I could see Brian Reynolds getting moved as well this year. Um, cause he's a really good outfielder. He batted over 300 last year. I, I think he can put up numbers again. Will they move him? Probably. I would assume so for like some prospects or something to give this organization some juice. But other I mean, than that, you know, there's not much the, here. The question is like, why wouldn't they move him? Right. That the only hope is that Cabrian Hayes is awesome. And then you just get a bunch of young prospects that also grow to be awesome around him. So, right. you know, they're just in that mode. If anyone's good, you have to squeeze that value out of them and try and channel that into young picks. Um, and just to be clear, I was was not saying Brian Reynolds would not be on other lineups, although I'm aware that's how I presented it. <laughs> I'm well aware he would do that. But as you said, this lineup outside of Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds is AAA baseball ready. Um, you know, I mean, Yoshi Satsuga was literally on the Dodgers last year and maybe got 12 at-bats all season. I mean, it, it's just not – there's not a lot to watch here, and it's sad because I feel like for Pittsburgh outside of, you know, trading fantastic pitchers like Garrett Cole, um, trading um, Tyler Glass now outside of Andrew McCutcheon, like that era of team, they just haven't even really been worth watching or staying invested in, and I hate that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like Cole Tucker. He just never seems to be healthy. I think he's still dating Vanessa Hudgens, um, but I guess that's a side note. Um, I I'm, I hope he's healthy and can play, but if not, um, I think they might trade him too because, you know, he had a lot of, he had a lot of um, hype coming in and he hasn't really lived up to it, mainly because of injury, like I said. But I don't have much more to say about the Pirates. Let's move on to... I think, you know, a team that's better than the Reds and Pirates, for sure, 
the the team that did also have a selling spree mid last season, but a team with a ton, a ton of new guys on this team. This is a new look Chicago Cubs team um, led by David Ross, the manager. They have new pitchers. They have Marcus Stroman, who pitched really well last year for the Mets, 3.02 ERA and 33 starts for New York. They have Wade Miley, who was on the Reds last year through that no-hitter for the Reds. He's jumped around. He's now on the Cubs in this rotation. They have Kyle Hendricks, who's been with the Cubs forever. Um, not really at the top of his game anymore. Had close to a 5 ERA last year and gave up an MLB leading 200 hits. But they also have Drew Smiley, who they got this offseason too. I like Marcus Stroman. I think he can be a really, really good pitcher on this team. He'll probably be the ace. Um, and then in the lineup, you know, lots of new guys. Um, they got Frank Schwindel, who plays first midway through last season, and he played really well. The big name that kind of has been in the news or put the Cubs in the news is the Japanese prospect. They got Seiya Suzuki, who was one of the top players in the Japanese league. Um, and he's coming over lots of hype around him. I'm super excited to watch him. He plays right field. Um, that'll be a really fun thing to watch. Um, but other than that, Rafael Ortega, Wilson Contreras is back. He's a good catcher, two-time All-Star. He's a good guy to have. A lot of the guys you've seen before, Patrick Wisdom, Ian Happ. Um, they picked up Andrelton Simmons and Jonathan VR from the Mets. Those are good guys to have. Um, good bats in the lineup. This is just a team that... You know, as you look it down, there's not a lot of star power like there used to be with Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo. But there there are good players in this lineup that are consistent hitters, that can score runs. And if, if you get good pitching, um, you know, like at least this this uh, rotation has some big names in it. You know, Marcus Stroman's um, a really, really solid pitcher. Wade Miley, Kyle Hendricks, Drew Smiley. You know, even if these guys aren't um, Alec Mills, even if these guys aren't aces of aces, at least they're, you know, household names that have shown that they can compete at this level. And, you know, if you get some production from this offense, this is a team that maybe, maybe could fight for the, the second spot in this division. Maybe if things really get going and stuff falls apart for the Brewers or Cardinals. But... I expect this team to be maybe a little better than what their over-under says at 75 and a half, but not by much. Um, it's a new team. They haven't played together. Lots of questions about how they'll mix together, but some good players. Yeah, you know, I actually think I have a little bit different of a view on this whole club um, than you do. I actually think that they are prime for an underperforming season. Mm. Um which, you know, as you mentioned, they have some players. They have, um, I think Stroman has a, another pretty good year. He had a 3.02 ERA last year. I think he can mimic that. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I have a feeling Wade Miley is just not not going to be as good as he was. I think Kyle Hendricks continues on his, his projected falling. I think maybe he gets the ERA over five. Um, you know, but I don't think this team is just going to gel. And I, and I don't really know why I feel like this, because I do agree on your read. They are a more consistent team than the Pirates and the Reds. Um, but I just don't think this team is going to gel. I don't think that they're going to pit together, you know, really 
any sort of campaign or have, you know, I'm sure they'll have some good moments, but I don't really expect this team to go on any crazy winning streak or really be too competitive at all. I, I think that, in my opinion, you must have some Cubs fans uh, listening, and that's why you said they may be able to compete for this division. Um, barring any sort of we are Marshall type accident with the Brewers or Cardinals, the Cubs <laughs> are not going to compete for this division. Um, I mean, you know, so so I don't know. It's at least I think because the Cubs brand is big enough, they can't do the full fire sale. You know, they have to try and stay somewhat competitive and get people in Wrigley. Um, Because, I mean, that would be a tragedy if the Cubs went full Cincinnati or Oakland. That just wouldn't be right for baseball. Uh, But in my opinion, they got to do a little bit more. Um, As you said, Suzuki, big name to watch. I'm not super high on the Japanese transfer players. I think they generally go one of two ways. They're either incredible, um, you know, Ichiro Suzuki, Shohei Otani. Hideki Matsui, or you, yeah, or you, or they're just not really good, um, and and the game is a little bit different on them. I haven't seen or watched any of Suzuki play, so you know I, I'm not comfortable to say he's going to be a bust or whatever. Um, so we'll see how he turns out. Um, Definitely some young names to see how they go. Wilson Contreras is solid, in my opinion. That's the most solid mainstay of of this lineup. Um, but I don't. I just don't see this lineup being able to produce. I actually think on this department, it's going to be a little bit more on the lineup. Not they have some guys have some crazy months. You know, maybe Ian Happ wins a Player of the Month in the National League or something like that. <laughs> but I don't know. It just this isn't a team that gets me excited, and I hate that because like. As much as I know as a Cardinals fan, you have to hate the Cubs. Like, in my opinion, baseball was just better when the Cubs came to play your favorite team and they had Rizzo and they had Bryant and they had Baez and it was that Cubs. So maybe I'm just in a little bit PTSD and shock mode of not having those mainstay Chicago Cubs. But like looking at this lineup, just there's like zero excitement for me. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm by no means a Cubs supporter. You know, they're probably my least favorite team in all of baseball. But I think if anybody can maybe make a push in this division, it would be them. Pirates have no shot, and the Reds, it doesn't seem like it either. They don't even know who's going to start. So it's like, you know, say Suzuki is the next Shohei, and Stroman can be an ace. And like you said, Ian Happ, Wilson Contreras, Patrick Wisdom, some of these guys can, you know, maybe produce some runs. It's a team that can maybe get more wins than expected, but I agree. I don't expect this team to do well, but if there's any team that could maybe do something, it would be them. I am excited to watch Say Suzuki. I am. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't have much more to say about the Cubs. Um, I'm ready to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, who, I mean, I think as ever, anyone knows, they are by far my favorite team in baseball. And the big news since we recorded our last podcast is that Albert Pujols is back in St. Louis. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have Albert back. I think it's awesome. I hope he hits 700 home runs. I think he's 22 or 23 away. Um, he said it was his last season, just like Yachty said it was last season. It's probably Wayno's last season too. So it's awesome to see this core of guys that, you know, I grew up watching have one final season to try to get the 12th ring. And with the DH, it's awesome to see him just be able to 
just be able to be in the lineup for a, for you know on a consistent basis. And you know, Albert, he still hits left-handed pitching at an elite elite level. So I think he batted almost 300 against lefties last year. So we might see him in that pinch hitter role. But to get into this team, the Cardinals finished second in the division last year at 90 and 72. They ended the season on that 17-game win streak that I'm sure people remember. Um, They lost to the walk-off home run by Chris Taylor in the bottom of the ninth in the wild card game. They're plus 1,500 to win the National League. They have a first-year manager uh, after they fired Mike Schild, Oliver Marmol's there. Uh, They have five gold gloves in 2021 out of the nine spots in the National League. They had five of them. That includes Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado, of course, and then in the outfield, Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill. I see, I'm going to try to come at this from a non biased perspective, um, but I do think that this, the Cardinals might be the most interesting team in this division just because the other teams we talked about, you know, aren't really competing and the Brewers kind of have the same. Um, lineup as before and so do the Cardinals but I think there's some question marks and some things that can go right and some things that can go wrong I think this team is a high ceiling but maybe a low floor as well the pitching's the the worst thing for this team um Jack Flaherty this shoulder injury you know it seems to be pretty persistent he had that one amazing year in 2019 when we lost in the NLCS to the Nationals where he was like had a sub-1 ERA for the second half of the season. And then he's really just struggled to stay on the field since then. Last year he got hurt batting, which sucked. And now he's going to be sidelined for at least the beginning of the season with a shoulder injury, which is really brutal to see. But in the rest of the rotation, we have Adam Wainwright, who's, you know, pretty old he's this is his 16th season with the Saint with St. Louis but he had one of his best seasons of his career last year had three complete games had a 3.05 ERA a whip at 1.057 and he finished seventh in the National League Cy Young he is going to be the opening day starter which will be awesome to see Wayno Yachty and Albert in that opening day lineup that's going to be awesome we signed Steven Matz who spent last season in Toronto, but spent most of his career in New York. It's a good arm to pick up. We picked him up before the lockout. That'll be a good addition to this lineup that really needs arms. We have Dakota Hudson in the lineup. Um, he is coming off Tommy John surgery. He was you know, a highly touted prospect, and he had an amazing 2019. Um, well, I wouldn't say amazing. Pretty good 2019 then was sidelined in 2020 and 2021 because of Tommy John. He saw some time last year, but I'm really hoping he has a great season this year. He's only 27 years old. I would love to see him pitch at the top level. And frankly, uh, the Cardinals kind of need it. And then right now in that fifth spot is Miles Michaelis, who has jumped around the league, you know, several years ago, spent time in Japan. And for the past, uh, I think, four or five years, he's been a Cardinal. Um, He had an amazing 2018. Uh, I think that might have been his first year at the Cardinals, if not his second. He was sidelined for most of the year last year because of a shoulder uh, shoulder injury or arm injury. I was actually at the game when they pulled him because he was hurt. I think he can be a really good pitcher when he's on his stuff. So this rotation has a lot of 
you know, well, maybe they could be really good. Dakota Hudson and Michaelis could be really good. Flaherty, if he's if he's healthy, can be really good. Wayno could have another great season. But this rotation is struggling, to say the least. The bullpen, we're missing Alex Reyes, who was an all-star last year, set the record for most consecutive saves. But I'm, I'm not, you know, a huge Alex Reyes fan. I think he struggled um, and got lucky for a lot of the first half of the season. He would always walk guys. So we have Giovanni Gallegos as the closer, who I think is an exceptional closer. I love watching Gio- Giovanni Gallegos. They have Genesis Cabrera, Junior Fernandez, Ryan Helsley, some decent arms out of the pen. I think uh, Genesis Cabrera had a really good season last year, and Junior Fernandez also ended the season fantastic. And then, James, I'll break down this lineup real quick, and then I'll get your thoughts. This is a pretty good offensive lineup. Um, this is kind of where if we're gonna, if the Cardinals are going to win games, they'll be carried by this lineup offensively. Obviously, you have Nolan Arenado, who had a pretty good – it was a good first year in St. Louis, but I expect him just to get better and get more comfortable with this lineup, especially now that Albert's there, you know, his leadership and his hitting ability can go a long way in helping this team. Goldie, um, I'm hoping for a good, another good season from Goldie. I would love to see him kind of take another step to get back to that MVP level. Tyler O'Neill, I think, is could be the MVP of the National League this year. I think he is one of the top players in baseball. He had 34 home runs last year, even though he missed a significant amount of time because of injury. I mean, you've seen pictures of Tyler O'Neill. He is just absolutely jacked, but he's also extremely quick, super flexible, just and just incredible to watch. Harrison Bader, um, 103 games played last year, top top uh, defensive center fielder. He had his best batting average of his career last year. I'd like to see him continue to go up. He's had some struggles hitting the off-speed pitch in the past, and he kind of got over that a little bit last year. He had a span. Um, where he batted like 400 over uh, three or four uh, weeks. I'd like to see him continue to get better at the plate. He's you know, a super fun guy, guy to watch. And then Tommy Edmond, who has been the leadoff hitter. He's the second baseman, gold glove last year, had 30 stolen bases, led the National League in at-bats. And then rounding out the outfield is Dylan Carlson, 23 years old, third place in NL Rookie of the Year last year. Um, he's also sometimes hit leadoff, sometimes second. Um, I don't want to drag on about this lineup. I just, I could talk about it for a while. Shortstops, the, the big question mark in this lineup. You have Paul DeYoung and Edmundo Sosa, who both kind of have been sharing the role, especially last year because DeYoung was hurt and he was also struggling. I really want to see Paul DeYoung have a comeback season, be a good player in that lineup, but I kind of have questions about it. And then obviously behind the plate, you have Yachty, who will hopefully, assuming they stay healthy, break the all-time battery record with Wayno to have the most starts as a pitcher-catcher duo in all of baseball history. And then Andrew Kisner will be his backup. I feel like I just went on for a while there talking about this lineup, but that is, you know, breaking down the Cardinals. James, I mean, what are your thoughts from somebody who you know doesn't watch every single second of the Cardinal games like I do? Like, what? Where do you see this team finishing and doing in this in this division? Well, I think first of all, I'd say you mentioned that they're really going to need to be carried by the the offense of the lineup. I think the first thing to note is that it is 
by far and away the best defense in baseball. So I think the the first thing they bring is like if you if you're a pitcher for St. Louis, the ball goes in the air, the ball goes on the ground, you can feel pretty confident that the guys behind you will take care of it. Um, and that matters a lot, especially in playoff type games, especially games down the stretch. Defensive errors can can blow series. Um, so they've got locked, that locked up. I think their lineup construction is great. Uh, the mix of power bats, contact hitters, tons of speed, you know, um, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmonds, super disruptive on the base paths, hard guys to pitch. And this is, it's just a very solid lineup. You know, you go all the way down on it. I've never been a big Paul Goldschmidt guy, but that's because of uh, personal bias and how many damn home runs he hit in Dodger Stadium without a Dodgers uniform on. Um, but that's a massive bat. I also don't think, you know, for St. Louis, it's super exciting. You have Albert Pujols back. You, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I would say outside of Stan the Man, probably the franchise guy. Um, for sure. You know, so it, it's a great story there. But as you said, Albert Pujols, and I texted you about this last night, but it, it was a pleasure just to get him for a little bit more than three quarters of a season in L.A., Great leadership guy, great guy for these young young kids to be around. Um, but also, he does mash lefty hitting. I mean, literally, like three hundred hitter is homering at like ten to fifteen percent rate at all left handed pitcher at bats he's taking. I mean, can do it there. Righties, the game's falling off a bit, but he's still a big bat. He can still get the ball out of the park, uh, which can't be in a lineup like this. It can't be overlooked, right? You get a guy on base. Albert comes up. I think I like what you said about the pitching. Um, I think Wainwright has maybe not as good of a year, but right up on the tail of it. I think he he's playing some of the best baseball of his career. I think that keeps up. And I'm hoping, my hope for you, is that a couple of these question marks fall the right way so they can assemble at least a pretty good rotation. Uh, you know, you talk about the bullpen. I'm a huge Genesis Cabrera guy. Um uh, you guys may know him. He's got the teal glove, bright blue glove, um, yes, but sir. also has some pretty some pretty filthy stuff. Um, what I would say, I think this is definitely a team that can make a run at the division title in the NL Central. I think it's a team that if they don't win the NL Central, I think they surely make the playoffs. Um, and that's kind of what I was talking about with those other teams are so bad you know, where you genuinely are going to have the Pirates sitting around 50 to 60 wins at the end of the year and the Reds and the Cubs, you know, maybe 60 to 70, maybe high 70s for the Cubs, which is going to have a lot of wins for uh, the Brewers and the Cardinals to kind of pad their records when you're looking at the wild card picture. Um, what I would say, my view on this, if you are a Cardinals fan, more than anything, this is a super emotional season, right? You're watching Yadier Molina, um, in his last season, Albert Pujols in his last season. Um, Surely Pujols, we haven't done a Hall of Famer, not on him, but I'll give you a spoiler alert. He is cartwheeling and waltzing as a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think there is a single ounce of doubt of that in the entire baseball community. I mean, if Albert Pujols isn't in the Baseball Hall of Fame, I'm actually done. Like, that will be it of me considering that legitimate. You have Yadier Molina, another pretty good lock for Hall of Fame. And just guys that, as you mentioned, as you were growing up, you know, as a little kid for the Cardinals, these are guys that have been there. Um, 
so kind of the farewell to their career. So I think more than anything, this is an emotional type season. I think all of baseball will be cheering for Albert to get the number 700, which is going to be a tight race. It really may come down to one or two uh, home runs left with three or four games left. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, I hope he comes out and has a 40 homer season and goes ridiculous and crushes it. Um, but I think first of all, you have to appreciate the importance, the significance of kind of this farewell tour of you will of this Cardinals core. And while they're doing that, they're also going to be able to compete. And this is a team that is good enough. If they get hot can easily make a run in the playoffs. I was terrified to play them last year as the Dodgers in a one game wild card versus a team on a 17 game win streak. That is like not what you want to do. Luckily, Chris Taylor had other plans. Um, but I think this is a team, you know, super exciting uh, to watch. I might also add, you know, with that speed, with some of the ridiculous plays that Bader's making in center and even Tyler O'Neill, that outfield. I mean, that outfield is so fast. They cover everything. Uh, it is so hard to hit, you know, in the gap versus team. I think a couple things go right. A couple, you know, pitchers are able to kind of find their form and lock in. This is a team that easily could win the NL Central. Yeah, and I think if we if the Cardinals do get good pitching from like they get Flaherty Flaherty back, Dakota Hudson, Miles Michaelis can pitch at a high level. Wayno can pitch at a high level. Um, even Steven Matz can make an impact on this team. We get good bullpen work, like you said. The defense is elite, and so you know we can risk it letting the ball get hit in play and taking care of it in the field. And then I think I just really like this offensive lineup. I think you can get um, a lot of all stars out of this team. I think if Arenado, Goldschmidt, Tyler O'Neill, if they stay healthy, I mean, those three guys facing them in a row is scary. And Dylan Carlson's only 23 years old, and he's gotten better every year he's been in the majors. Um, well, I guess it was really last year was technically his rookie year, but the year before that, he had, he got a bunch of at bats and played in the postseason. But if Carlson continues to get better, um, Todd Miedman continues to get better. And, you know, I, I really think this team is a high ceiling, but it's going to come down to the pitching and it's going to come down to how many, how many runs we can put up and how we can stay healthy. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching this team play. I'm really rooting for Flair to get back. And like you said, you know, it's going to be an emotional season with Yachty, Wayno, and Albert. I want Albert to hit 700, obviously. I want Yachty and Wayno to break the battery record. Um, it just could be could be a lot of cool things happening for St. Louis this season, and I'm hoping that they can compete for a division title um, like they have in the years basically every year. Um, but we'll yeah. have to see. It'll be fun to watch. I think just to come behind you with a little bit of a unbiased um, angle – I think this Cardinals roster, it's certainly a top five roster in the league right now off the top of my head. The only rosters that are certifiably better than it is probably Atlanta and L.A. Um, but, I mean, it's a really good lineup. And I think as for the pitching question marks, to me the biggest one is Jack Flaherty. If he's healthy and he is pitching his style of baseball, just him and Wainwright, that's enough to really carry. Um mm. And I think baseball's better when he's in it. He, he's a young guy, super, tons of energy, tons of juice, always wearing fresh cleats. I'm hoping he's healthy. Um, I also feel kind of bad. I don't remember who was pitching and broke his hand, but it was a Los Angeles Dodger who broke his hand. Um, so luckily he's out with the surgery, not that. 
If he comes back, I think, as you said, super, super high ceiling on this team. And I think that the floor really isn't that low. You kind of know what you're going to get in the worst possible scenarios here. I still think this team makes the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's not a catastrophic pitching injury. That would be the only problematic thing. Yeah, and I mean, like you said before, like with the Brewers and Cardinals um, being really good in this division, and then you have three not-so-good teams or three question-mark teams, the the Brewers and Cardinals are going to be able to get a lot of division wins. Um, And at the end of the day, you know, you need to win your division to get in the playoffs. And now the playoffs are expanded too. So with a division that's top-heavy, we'll be able to get a lot of wins. The Brewers will be able to get a lot of wins against the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds that, you know, I could see both of these teams having over 90 wins again and both getting into the playoffs once again. But, you know, I think that's the NL Central. Um, James, I know we've done this before, but I'll ask you this time. What player are you most excited to watch in the NL Central on the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, or Pirates? Who are you going to keep your eye on for sure this year? Well, I think that there's a couple... There's really three going around my head. Mm. Um, I'm trying to pick pick one. You know, I think, you know, here's one I'm going to say. You know, I always kind of give an honorable mention because I really am terrible at decisions. I can't pick this. The honorable mention to me is Cabrian Hayes, and that's because he is the only thing worth even getting somewhat excited about for Pittsburgh. Um, as for the actual answer to that question, I'm going to take Jack Flaherty for the reasons I said. If he's back, if he's healthy, and if he's at his level, I think that single-handedly takes the Cardinals to the top spot in the division. Yeah, I think that's a good one just because of how much impact he can have if he's healthy. You know, if he's if he's really healthy, this team can be really good. And if he's not, you know, it, it will be harder for them to be really good. Um so I, I have a couple as well. I think he, Brian Hayes is a good one, so I, w- I won't restate that. Um, I am really interested in, say, Suzuki. Um, I think there's been a lot of hype around him, like you said. Bef- also, I, I don't know much about him. You know, I don't follow Japanese baseball, but there seems to be a lot of hype around him. There was a big competition of who could sign him. So I am interested to watch him. His swing looks like Shohei's. Um, he'll be fun to watch. And then... Just to say another one real quick, Tyler O'Neill. I think Tyler O'Neill can really, really compete for the National League MVP this year. I mean, he's shown the power that he has. He's been able to get his strikeout percentage down, which was kind of the biggest knock on him. He's back-to-back gold glove winner. He hits, he's probably going to hit over 40, 45 home runs this year if he's healthy. Um, I really, really am high on Tyler O'Neill, so I, I want to keep my eye on him. But, yeah. That's well, the NL Central. I'd say I'm definitely happy you mentioned Suzuki. That was the other one to round out my third. As I said, nice. I think with Japanese prospects, it really is like boomer bust to the extreme. So I think Chicago either got a really great player or a player that they're going to significantly overpay for that five-year contract. Um, I like the Tyler O'Neill take, but he is one heck of a ball player, uh, and he can mash. As you said, I'm expecting at least 40 homers, if not mid-40s. Um, Another good one to case. I don't know if I can fully get on board with you that he's National League MVP um, watch list, but I mean, I th- I think the avenue to him winning it is there. He he's the type of player that if he you know really brings his best game, could register on the MVP watch list. 
Um, last thing to round it out, Max, I don't think we actually gave a one through five. Um, and I think my mm. one through five may look a little different than yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I mean, I have to put Cardinals one. I'm going Cardinals, Brewers, um, and then Cubs, Reds, Pirates. I mean, that that's it for me. I, the bottom three, I mean, I'd be surprised if you had it different than Cubs, Reds, Pirates. But But, but who do you have? So I have, I'm going to go ahead and give one on a point of distinction, but also I, I think I'm just going to roll with the pitching for now. I have Brewers taking down the division. I might note by a very small margin. Uh, and then obviously I have the Cardinals right there. This is where things get a little off the reservation for mm. me here. I'm taking the Cincinnati Reds third in this division. I like the pick. I'm confident in it. I've been hypercritical of the Reds' ownership, which I will be. We will be at Great American protesting the ownership. <laughs> um, that's a fact. You can look out for that. But while I'm critical of the team, I actually think in this weird plug and play system, I think they're going to find a roster or find some guys and get enough production kind of doing it instead of a roster of nine wiggling around 15 guys that I think they're going to win some sneaky games. Um, I can maybe see these pitchers staying and Hunter Green going there. I'm not saying anything crazy here you know Cincinnati fans don't get too excited still don't think you guys make the playoffs but I think of my prediction of the Cubs uh not being able to put it together and the Reds maybe finding some gems in the rough you know I'm really high on Aquino think that him playing every day might really make him a feared hitter um I don't know. I, for some reason, think that the Reds just shoulder out a one to two game advantage over the Cubs, who I have in my four spot. Then I have a gigantic gap. I have the mascots of the top 15 programs. I have everyone else, managers, base coaches, the concession stand employees, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, in the NL Central. I think that the Pirates hover around 50 win mark, 50, 55 wins. Um and that that's what I have. I'm interested to hear what you think of my take of Reds over Cubs. Uh, thank you to Albert Pujols for his brief service uh, in the only Los Angeles team that actually plays in Los Angeles. Um, he's incredible. You know, Yachty, you know, even as a non-Cardinals fan, just Pujols and Yachty and Molina all be enjoying from the side there. Farewell to her. So I hope that all Cardinals fans kind of take that in and, and I hope it is a magical season uh, and those rights. And uh, I'm excited to hopefully check back with this episode and see uh, how our predictions, you know, play out in this division. But this is a very top-heavy division for all intents and purposes. This is the Cardinals and Brewers division, and then they're ragdolls. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Baseball's so back. <laughs>